Well, hello again. It's time for another podcast, our last podcast in the Amazed series, the story of Elijah. And so uh, we'll just dive right in. And Josh, why don't you kind of give us a background of the series? Sure. Yeah. So we've been going through uh, Amazed and kind of the, yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, Amazazing movie quote. The Amazed remember race. that? Amazazing. <sighs> what? amazed um so we've been talking about elijah um the idea that it's not necessarily elijah that is amazing we're not amazed by elijah but we're amazed by god and the work that he does uh, in and through elijah that's what's amazing and so uh we we started out with uh, elijah waiting um he kind of uh, as as a prophet of god he spoke the word of god that there was going to be a, um, a drought famine and then he just kind of waited. He had to wait uh, for, for things to happen. And, and so we see him in waiting. Eventually, then we see Elijah going. Uh, so after the waiting was the going and kind of these uh, the showdowns with the, uh, with the bales. Uh, and, and then it's kind of it comes to a screeching halt. And we see Elijah listening, um, listening for God. And we'll talk about each of these a little bit more in depth here. But uh, listening for God, um, kind of exhausted, um, just wiped out. And, uh, and waiting for God and, and listening for God and, and God appears in a still small voice like we'll talk about in just uh, in just a minute. And then just like any good story, uh, he finishes. <laughs> and so uh, finishing is important. Finishing well is important. And so that's kind of where we'll probably spend most of the time uh, today as we just preach that sermon this past Sunday. Well, we didn't. Paul did. He did it on his own. We, we didn't tag team. We should do that sometime. Yeah. Whole I tag would, team. I, I want to do that. I think that'd be, that'd be more conversational yeah. and, and direction. You know, well. Imagine us taking this to the big stage. Yeah, the big stage. Uh, my roommate from college, Stephen, and I, we did that for chapel uh, one, one time. And we actually, as a joke, we started off reading the scripture and we just alternated words. Like I would read the first word and then just as like a joke. And then we, we stopped and did it for real. But it his, was fun. His roommate, my nephew-in-law. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Connections. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, that's the series. <laughs> Small Nazarene world. We are all over the place, but that's the series. So uh, let's talk more about the series. So it seemed like it worked out really good that like, okay, we pull out like these four main things. He waits, he goes, he listens, he finishes. But in reality... These were not each happening like, okay, this is just the waiting period. Yeah. This is just the going period. This, it was all kind of happening all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like even in the times that he's waiting while well, he's listening and when he's going, he's still waiting and listening for what's going to happen next. So how do we kind of take this then and, and channel into our lives? Like what does a life look like that's lived well with these ideas in mind? Yeah, I think that's a, that's an awesome mm -hmm. point. And it's, yeah. it's so true. I mean, it makes it easy for the sermon construction mm -hmm. to, to kind of focus on one thing, uh, but but our lives aren't like that. Yeah, uh, right. There's there's not clear lines. Okay, now I'm waiting. Now I'm going. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. What do you think, Josh? What, what's what's the answer to that question? <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Remind me that. What's the separation? No, I don't. Um, yeah, no, that, that's good. That, yeah, I think sometimes though we we do fall into that trap of like, oh, I'm just waiting now, and so mm -hmm. like. Eventually, I'm going to do my thing. Eventually, and that's just not the way that the way that life works. Even in the midst of the waiting that we seem to be in right now, like it's not like we just sit and do nothing. Yeah. Um, sometimes we do, and that's nice. But uh, but we also do, right? Like it's mm -hmm. yeah, 
It's not being said. Yeah. Maybe there's a fourth word that we could have talked about and ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wherever I am, I'm ready. Right. And you know, I didn't use that in the series. That would have been pretty good. That would have been pretty Let's redo it. Yeah. We're going to preach this again. But <laughs> are, are you ready for, for whatever God asks you to do? And, uh, you know, the, the, the key is not to get caught up in, okay, I'm going to wait now and I'm going to listen and I'm going to go and I'm going to finish it. That mm-hmm. I am ready, God, for whatever you have in, in mind for me. And I, and I guess I think of, um, is it Isaiah that says, here I am, here am I, send me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then I think of the story of um, Samuel in the in the tabernacle as a young boy. Um, Eli says, tell God, your servant is listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, so ready is yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe that's, that's the, the overriding theme in this, that Elijah was ready for whatever God had in mm. mind for him. Yeah, that's kind good. of thinking from almost like a, a counseling perspective or like a discipleship when we have those people in our lives and people that we're talking to that, that feel like, oh, I just feel like I'm in a waiting stage. Maybe the next question then is, well, like, what are you doing while you're right. waiting? Yeah. Like, don't, you don't want to just sit there. Um, I think sometimes I'm thinking, well, I'm waiting for uh, my next vacation. Well, if I get to when my vacation starts and I haven't packed my suitcase, I didn't, I didn't prepare. I didn't <laughs> yeah, do sure. the things that I needed to do, even though I was waiting. Yeah, I couldn't go on vacation yet, yeah. but I could have been doing things mm. to get myself ready for that. Yeah. One of the things I... I teach my teens regularly is, you know, like the teen years are a time of preparation and, and kind of figuring out where you want to go um, and what you want to do with your life. So I encourage them to try things, right? Like to don't just sit back and wait and then, you know, you finished college with some degree and then you try that, right? Like right. try it, do something. You may, you may think that you want to be a teacher and then you, you try it and you try working with kids and you realize that you hate kids and, and you probably shouldn't be a teacher. And um, and so, yeah, so even in your waiting, you're still preparing, you're still doing things to, to kind of ready yourself, to always be ready. Yeah. I think it's so valuable even in those times, like our teens that serve in different places For around sure. the church, like that are just kind of trying this out, finding their spot, finding what really like ignites that passion sure. in them. Like, I love the teens that I have that help out with the kids and stuff, because mm-hmm. some of them I know are thinking, well, I maybe want to be a teacher. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see what it's like to kind of spend this extra time with Absolutely. kids. Do I like this setup? Do I like, yeah. how, how does this make me feel alive? Like, is right. this where I want to serve? Yeah. I, I think it all comes down to living in the moment that, that you're, whatever, whatever, if you're going, you're waiting, you're finishing, you're listening, whatever, you're, you're living in that moment. And, um, uh, Terry and I have had this conversation. So, sometimes we can fall into this trap of waiting for tomorrow, mm-hmm. that everything is focused on, okay, when when the kids are out of school or when I have kids or when I get married or when, when, when debt's paid off or when I'm retired or when, you know, there's a whole lot of life that yeah. happens mm-hmm. in waiting. Yeah. And if, if we don't live in that moment, That's right. then, then we miss the opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think... <laughs> especially as a parent of young kids, I don't know about you, but I frequently find myself like just, oh my gosh, if we could just get past these, this non-sleeping stage or, you know, and then just, uh, yeah, but, but there's that, the in the moment. Right. It's, it's, like it's tough to do. We talked about before, like that idea of like survival mode. Yeah. Cause like you, you can live your whole life in survival mode and yeah. realize that you really haven't lived your life yeah, right. at all. You yeah. just thought that things were going to get better. And so you're just <clears> hunkering down until they do. Um, I was listening to a podcast this morning and it was talking about how those moments of waiting and pain in our lives are often the times that, and we talked about this, we mature the most. I mean, like I think about being a parent of small kids, like, yeah, man, it is exhausting, but like, am I maturing in my ability to see outside of myself? Like I have, like, I know that I am, I know that I'm becoming actively less selfish 
as I am yeah. being forced to love selflessly. And so I think when we see those periods, like, yeah, we're not just stuck here waiting. There is growth that can happen yeah. even in that. And just just to let you know, they, they grow past that where they don't sleep at night and then they leave the house and they become adults. And then it's your sleepless night that you wake up and you worry about your kids and pray for your yeah. kids. So yeah. it, it'll never stop. <laughs> Trust me. It just for the encouragement. Yeah. There is <laughs> On no, that note, there's no chance. But it always reminds me there was a, um, well, she was close to 100. And I, her, her daughter was a part of my church and she was a teacher. She was an elementary school teacher. She was one of the most together people I've ever known. And she was close to retirement. She's in her 60s yeah. and her mom was 100. Yeah. And so I'd go visit her mom and her mom would go, oh. I worry about Sandy. Don't worry about Sandy. She's pretty cool. <laughs> doing all right. But I that's think funny. that's kind of parents. That's funny. Uh, I'm going to mute my... Uh, you guys don't have, want to hear that ding all the time. <laughs> ding. Maybe that's what they... What they okay, move on to the next conversation. That was a good point. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. Ding. Just like one of those ESPN, don't they do the ding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they argue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. No, I feel like he did a great job just kind of weaving this all together, this idea of like God inviting us to come along with him. And like he's inviting us to wait on him. He's inviting us to have that expectation, that anticipation. And then in those moments where he is saying, okay, here's here's the way. He doesn't just push us off the edge and say, good luck. He, he's going with us. Yeah. And so like when Elijah did, he, he came out of that season of waiting. He didn't go into his next season alone. He didn't leave God behind. He didn't have to go back to find him later. Like God went with him in that. But there seems to be a period, and, and, and this is what I, what I love about Elijah. Even after these great victories, there is a time where he feels lost. Absolutely. I, I mean, now, now he, he's not renouncing God. He's right. not renouncing faith. But, but there is definitely a point in this story where Elijah seems like you know, none of this matters. God's not with me. Yeah. They're just going to kill me. And, and and I think you see, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that I've never had those periods in my life, but the truth is I have. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I love that God, he's so patient with Elijah, number one, mm -hmm. but that part of the story is shared. Yeah, um, right. That's right. I think it's important to see that, that, that there's times in all of our lives, um, if you're a follower of, of Jesus in most lives. I'm not, you know, I guess there's there's exceptions to every rule. Uh, but but I know in my spiritual journey, and even this year, this has been one of those very difficult years, there's times where it feels like, man, all by myself, mm -hmm. doesn't seem like anything makes any difference. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we do a podcast and two people listen to it uh, <laughs> and, and the conversation is, okay, that was, that was like 45 minutes of our time plus the prep time and, and uh, maybe now, now more than two people are watching this. We think we're getting up to four. And, uh, um, so we're almost, we're almost viral. Yeah, almost almost. Viral. <laughs> On the verge of viral. viral. At that big moment, yes. But I think sometimes going through those moments or watching people that you love go through those moments of despair. It, it can be really frightening. I mean, you hear somebody say like, man, I don't, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing God in this. I don't understand. And it can be really tempting to try to reassure them with, oh, you know, he's with you. Yeah. You know this. And I think sometimes like we can kind of learn from this, like that's not really how God responded to Elijah's fears and concerns. It was a gentle, hmm. just a, like a gentle reminder of his presence. It wasn't somebody saying, how, how could you say God's not yeah. with you? God just said, hey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for you in this. I'm going to 
appear to you. I'm going to make myself known to you, but I'm not arguing and I'm not telling you you shouldn't feel alone. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't feel these things, but I'm bigger than that. I'm, and so I think sometimes I think it can That's be right. scary when you hear and you see people that are expressing those doubts. And I think that there's a, a way that we can respond to those better. For sure. Absolutely. We, we just finished with the teens a series called Doubt It, where we talked mm-hmm. about this and, and this idea that um, we're not alone in our doubts and our questions, mm-hmm. but also that that God doesn't shame us for our doubts. And I just, okay. the story of, of Thomas is just, is my favorite story in the Bible. Uh, but it, when Jesus it, uh, approaches Thomas, it's not this like condemnation of like, how dare you not believe? And, and like this, it's just, it's, giving him exactly what he needed in that moment. And I think that's what is here as well. God's not berating Elijah for like, what do you mean? Like, didn't you just see me destroy all the, the prophets of Baal? And, um, and, and what do you mean you don't, you feel like you're alone? And uh, it's just that, that gentle, um, no, I'm here. It's, it's okay. It's uh, interesting. We're going to start next, uh, next week. We're going to start a series and out of Psalms called Sing. And the tagline of the series is, I have reason to sing because. Yeah. And then we're going to go through some some different psalms. And, and what's interesting in the psalms is almost every psalms includes lament. Yeah. That that there's this element of, man, everybody's against me. Things aren't going right. Where are you, God? I don't, I don't see it work. And then there'll be these this praise as well, yeah. this singing, this yeah. celebration. And, and I think what the psalmist shows us that even... Even though life's messy, <laughs> there's still reason to sing even in yeah. the midst of the mess. Sure. And sometimes you have to be intentional in that. Right. Um, yeah. So even in the midst of doubt. <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, of that desert song, which I feel like is such a good job of talking about all those dis- different yeah. seasons. And it's like in, in every one of those, whether I'm on the high or I'm, I'm, I'm in the low, like there, there's a reason to sing. And like, I think that's over. Like God is amazing. I mean, we talk about this whole thing. And that is our reason to sing. Our circumstances might not be amazing. What we're dealing with day to day, definitely for the most part, is not amazing. <laughs> but like knowing that God is and resting in that gives us a reason, gives us a hope. Well, I do feel good right now because I'm getting a lot of mail every day. Um, a lot of flyers. <laughs> a lot of people really telling you how important you are. Yeah, and yeah. How, <laughs> and how, how, much you how important this election is. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a dollar or for every time somebody's told me this is the most elect, important election in my lifetime, uh, I don't believe there's been an election that that's not been said in the last 40 years. Yeah. This is the most ele- important election <laughs> of your lifetime. Let me tell you what. The most important thing in your lifetime is what you do with Jesus. Right. <laughs> Not this election. Uh, right. What you do with Jesus is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's a okay. tagline for every reality show. This is the most dramatic season ever. Like the most, <laughs> like, Well, I don't know. I, I guess we wouldn't vote if it said this, really, this election really doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just stay home. Just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of just circle back here we talked about living in the moment like it's kind of like that is the truth like this is the most important because it's right now right right? like it's not the one four years from now it's not the one from four years ago so it's it's important because it's right now um and so maybe that's a a way that we approach things is like the most important thing is is what's happening right now um and what we do with that moment not what we do in the the uh election or how we vote it's 
what, what do we do with Jesus in this moment um, is what's really important. Yeah, and let's take that to our day-to-day relationships. I, I mean, the, the most important conversation you have with your spouse and your kids is the next conversation you're going to have. Right, yeah. <laughs> because that can For lead sure. to the next conversation. Yeah, so so what, if, what if we valued those moments in that manner? That, that we said, okay, I'm getting ready to sit down with my, my kids. I'm, I'm putting my kids to bed or I'm sitting down with my wife. This is the most important conversation mm-hmm. that we can have because it's, because it's, it's the only conversation yeah. we have yeah. right now. That's good. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Sometimes you can get so caught up in focusing on the future, being strategic, trying to plan. And like none of that is, is a given. I mean, we hear all the time about people that, yeah, they think they've got years mm-hmm. left and <clears throat> tragedy strikes and, and they're, gone and like so that the most important things that happen were the things that already happened none of their plans none of those other things the most important things were were the life that was life that they lived and it's jesus says at the end of the sermon the mount and, and i always to me i i always say believe that people chuckled when he said it because i i just sounds you know it's funny if you think about it but you know we make it all super spiritual <laughs> jesus says don't worry about tomorrow the day has enough trouble yeah, yeah. and i yeah. think people went yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right that's right that's right you know, don't, don't worry about, not, not that we don't plan for tomorrow sure. and, and do the things that we need to do. You know, I'm not advocating you spend all your money because we don't worry about tomorrow. And, uh, but, but this is the moment you have, yeah. live in this moment. Right, right. Good. What else we got, Maura? Uh, I just kind of got stuck here on this idea of um, God's voice directing us to other people. Like even just thinking about as we're making plans yeah. and stuff for the future, like it can be easy to just kind of isolate yourself mm-hmm. and make sure that That's I've true. got all my ducks in a row and miss out on the fact that God's calling us to community. So if you, if you find yourself in a situation where the like the things that you're thinking about the most are, are you and the things that mostly affect you, I would encourage you to be to maybe be listening a little more because I really feel like God's got more for us than just than just taking care of ourselves, just preparing for our futures and um, thinking about His voice is often unexpected, and the things that He calls us to are not always the things we would choose. <laughs> But they generally are going to call us towards other people, towards relationships, towards um, community. And that's a solution for that is offered to Elijah in the midst of his time where he's feeling defeated and and alone. Right? God mm-hmm. tells him to go find Elisha, but there's it's not just Elisha. There's I don't remember the names right now because I don't have that pulled up. But um, there's a, a couple other that God says to go anoint and kind of, kind of go get your team together in that, yeah. in that small. So that's kind of the directing to others um, is really the solution that is, is given for what Elijah is feeling and experiencing in that kind of moment of desperation. And I just, I love the whole calling of Elijah where Elijah basically is like, okay, I'm going to say goodbye to my parents. And then he like up and burns all of his farming equipment. And like, so Elijah's just like, all right, I'm, I'm all in. I can't go back to that. Cause I don't have any farming stuff left. That's my hated farming. Let's do this. It's like, yeah, you want to go? Yeah. Finally something to get me out of here. And so then it's like, I know that's not always the option, like to just burn everything right. behind you. But just that idea that Elisha was like, yeah, okay. He was listening. He was actively waiting and ready to go. And there was no going back for him. Like, I think there's some story. You probably will probably know it for like where they like literally burned the ships when they came over. So they couldn't go back. Was that the Mayflower? Did they burn the Mayflower? They didn't burn the Mayflower. It's not the, I I can't remember. Yeah. I know it was the Mayflower. It was one of the earlier ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know who it was. It was the uh, Spanish guy. He burned their ships. Yeah. It was like the only way, only ways forward. Yeah. 
which was kind of a mean thing to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, what? You're burning me. I don't know. I, I keep, and see, I didn't, I went a little bit more cop pulp culture. I thought of a Seinfeld episode where Jerry comes out of the apartment and Kramer standing there and says, hey, you want to go with me? Go, sure. <laughs> you might know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> so, yeah, okay. It's better than staying here. Uh, yeah, that is, that is the cool part of the story that Elisha was ready to go. But, but I think God had been preparing Elisha. Mm -hmm. That he knew that there was something uh, more. And, and so, you know, once again, we come back to this word, ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ready wherever God uh, leads us to go. And uh, that's good. That's good. What else we got? Well, I think probably want to talk a little bit about this past week, this idea of finishing well. And the, um, I think of the verse, like, God started a new work in you and, like, and he'll bring it to completion. And I feel like we really <clears throat> see that in Elijah and that God's work didn't stop when he took Elijah, but he had used Elijah, Elijah to invest in Elisha to continue that on. Yeah, this phrase, the, the author and the perfecter of our faith, that, mm -hmm. that there's this ideal that, that God begins and ends, that he is the alpha and the omega, the A and the Z. And yeah. uh, God is the beginning and the end. And, and uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think this is one of those things that like is just so relevant to well it's, it's obviously it's relevant to everybody but just as someone in ministry um, this idea of finishing well but also i love that you talked about replacing yourself um in that it's god that uh, i can't remember exactly how you um god's big vision is bigger than our vision yeah and, and kind of essentially saying that god will finish it god's the one that's doing the work and so it's not i think that sometimes there's this temptation in ministry to kind of be the one who is, you know, who's making all this happen. And then what we, we see countless amounts of time is when a pastor or a ministry leader leaves to go do something else, then like all of that other stuff just falls apart because there was not like, and so finishing well is setting up those who come behind you, like to continue that, uh, that ministry um, and really to, to replace yourself so that when I, you know, leave or, or whatever when you leave when, when we are dead and we can't do this anymore like things don't just stop um, no. that's not finishing well no. um, so I, I really appreciated that that perspective that you and, and that applies there. in ministry but it applies I, I think as as people this I think God invites us to this bigger vision of life that that you know not not just church not just our spiritual sure. life but life we Absolutely. see it in a bigger way we, we see you know the Bible talks about generation after generation and so, you know, I, I think as, as members of families, we think, okay, what can I do in my family yeah. so that my family continues to love one another yeah. and continues to, to grow closer, sure. not further apart? And that's hard. I, I mean, that's hard as, as grandparents pass, as parents pass. I, I mean, this ideal of keeping people together. Mm -hmm. and, and some of it, you know, it's natural. I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, I don't see my cousins. Yeah. They're all over the world. Yeah. And, uh, right. you know, I'm not going to see my cousins all the time. I love my cousins. But, you know, yeah. there's another generation. Right. And there's a continuity to that. And, you know, the, the, the thing I always think about when, when I think about that is I think about my grandmother. Well, that, that family that was around my grandmother were really not together. Mm -hmm. But those principles of that family just right. continue to flow. Right. So I, I think that you see it in that. You, you see it in other areas as well. But I, I, I think... I, I want to be a person that when I'm gone, I pass on principles through the generations uh, beyond me. Hmm. Yeah, which doesn't just happen. I mean, that takes 
active, intentional, intentional yeah. time and planning. And it, it's not always going to look perfect, but like almost as your family, you kind of have to have those non-negotiables. Like, okay, everything else might be falling apart. Like our schedules are going crazy, but here are the things that we are not going to let be be moved in our in our schedule or in our rhythms or in our routines. These are the things that we value this so much. No matter what direction we're getting pulled, we aren't we aren't going to let give this up. And I think that's going to look different for every family. Yeah. But I think if you if you haven't spent time talking about those, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to to pull those out later, because those have to be kind of those those foundational cornerstones of of building your family. Yeah, that's good. You know, the other aspect that we talked about Sunday that I, I think is very important to understand is this ideal of grace is what supports us from the beginning to the end. I, I, re- I truly believe heaven yeah. is held together by grace. And, and the reason that's important is that when you look at the ministry of Jesus and Jesus' conflict with the Pharisees, the problem with the Pharisees is they began to think that they were their source of their own salvation. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think it church christians can become very pharisaical and they can begin to look like pharisees when we begin to think well we've got it all together look at all those poor ignorant people out in the world that don't uh you know there's paul talks and i think it's in titus he he talks about that uh, where titus is from i can't think of the name of that place it's it's a uh, it's it's slang now for a, a terrible place to be. <laughs> but yeah, he says, remember, you were once just like right, that. Yeah, yeah. And, but God in his mercy and his grace, yeah. Cretans, Cretans. Yeah, yeah. They were Cretans. Right. Yeah. And he goes, you were just like those rotten, no good Cretans at one point. Yeah. And God in his mercy and his grace lifted you and saved you. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think it's important that the church always remember that we are the bride, that, that we belong to him, not because we've got, we got everything together, that all of a sudden we had an epiphany and yeah. we figured out how to live better, but God just has continued to save us by his grace. And, and I think that's an important thing to remember. Yeah. And it's still actively doing that. Right? Never like, stops. It's not, like, it's not like you're not a Cretan anymore. And so everything is all like, it's all good. It's that right. continuing of like God is still at work yeah. for sure because we can i think i think we can we can get to that point where we we do recognize that you know there but for the grace of god go i mm-hmm. but thank goodness for god's grace because i'm here and i don't have to worry about that anymore and, and that's it's it's this continuing act of grace upon grace over and over that yeah i think that's a scripture i think that's i think that's in john one they talk about we've seen grace upon grace in right. jesus yeah God gives more grace. But yeah, that idea that yeah, we, we can experience that heart transformation, but we're still very much human and so very much capable of of the darkest of the dark. And so yeah, that idea of but for the grace of God go I, but oh but I'm not like hmm. that shouldn't remove our compassion yeah. for people who are who are still who are trapped and lost and struggling and, and know that like I'm just as capable of that level of destruction. Yeah. And it's not because of anything that I've done or anything that I am that prevents that. It's yeah. God's grace. Yeah. I talk about, and, and not, not to mention something that I did, but in Jesus here, I talk about how G, we tend to see people as simple math. Yeah. One plus one. Yeah, that's right. Jesus never saw people in that way. He, right. he understood the complexity of life. Yeah. And, and the truth is that, that oftentimes if we really knew backstories yeah. of people, 
you know, pe- people, you know, some, someone doesn't choose and say, hey, I think I'm going to become a drug addict. That's right. That's or, right. or I'm going to become, you know, yeah. usually there's things, there's step and step and step and there's rejection and there's relationships. And, and then all of a sudden somebody's at this place of, of desperation. Yeah. And, and when we judge them, what we're doing is we're saying, oh, well, they're, they're simple math. God yeah, doesn't right. look at it yeah. like that. Yeah. God, God sees the complexity of it. And that's why Jesus was drawn to, to people that the religious people thought were losers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why is he hanging out with the, and the yeah. you know, unclean sinners? That's yeah. what they're saying. Why is he right. hanging out with those losers? Yeah. He can hang out with us winners who's got right. everything yeah, together. Right. But Jesus saw them different. Yeah. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to be willing, even though we, we don't have, you know, Jesus had, I think, perfect compassion and, and a perfect way of viewing people. We don't have that, but we can get better. At yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, we don't do well with nuance in general. Like, it's we, it's very formula. Like, like you said, one plus one is two. And, and, and so Black and when, yeah, and so when things aren't that, and so when, we, when, when you have compassion, you have to recognize that things aren't that way. Um, it's, it wasn't just... Again, waking up and deciding that I'm going to become addicted to drugs today. Uh, there's nuance, and, and, and just in general, I don't think that we do well with with nuance. Um, things are black and white. You're either this or you're that. You're, you're so. I think I think part of our tradition has um, has kind of hindered us in that because we've focused on what we call crisis moments. Um, it's this, and then you know salvation, and then sanctification, and everything's good. I, I think one of the most helpful things for me has been to understand um, like kind of this spectrum of grace that starts even man so far before the moment of salvation, prevenient grace. Um, And so just seeing God's grace, kind of the thread of God's grace throughout someone's life. Like it's not like there was no grace until that moment of salvation at the altar. And then all of a sudden there was grace. And then there was the second work of grace is sanctification need to get into theo babble um but but then it's that and it's that and then it's all good right like it's this, it's this spectrum of grace that started even so far before that and so when we recognize that um we no longer see this person as a um as an outsider or an other or uh, it's it's someone who is like in the progress of, of god's grace and so we come along and we do things to to walk with them in their in their journey of grace, and um, I just think that I just think that at times we've maybe done a disservice to understanding that spectrum of grace because of our significant focuses on focuses focus on um, crisis crisis moments. And I think that's a you know even what we talked about earlier. You know, I I, I believe in Christ. Sure, I've absolutely, had crisis absolutely. But I can't live in crisis. Moments. Yeah, that's right. That's I right. live in the now. That's right. And in the now, am I ready now? And right. so, you know, in, in today, I can't depend on a crisis moment I had in right. the Toyota Corolla yeah. right. in Dayton, Ohio, yeah. to get me through the day. I've got to depend on: yeah. Am I ready, willing, yeah. living in grace mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that also limits us in extent to when we minister to other people if we are only have this idea of these crisis moments because a crisis moment almost indicates, okay, like, okay, I came to this moment and then things changed and they got better after that. But it's like, how do we walk alongside people who are, they aren't living in a crisis moment. There's not necessarily one decision that they can make right now. That's going to make or break things, but they're walking through a life that is bathed in trauma. They're walking through a life that 
they they can't seem to it's not like i can just make a choice and make this better and i think sometimes that's hard when we when we view things sure. as just crisis moments and this changed and this was fixed it is it's hard to know how to minister and walk alongside and disciple someone who's living a life that that progression of grace mm-hmm. still looks really messy yeah. still looks really right. hard because right. i feel like it's easy to just be like oh okay things aren't fixed yet i don't know what to do for you yeah when in reality, like it's a lifelong thing and it's going to look different for everybody. And some of us don't have that trauma that's coloring our entire life. But when we're only looking for that crisis moment, well, you got to just, you got to just decide, you got to just do this. We're missing out on, on that progression, on that trajectory. So I think the key for us is being vulnerable and authentic in telling our stories of that progression of grace rather than setting it up as dude, you just got to make this decision and then everything's going to be good. Like I gave my life to Jesus in 2001 and ever since then, like everything's just been great. Right. And so uh, we, we set them like we push towards these decision crisis moments and set up that expectation that everything is going to be good there. Well, then when things aren't, and it's like, well, that didn't work. So I got to go get saved again. And you know, um, yeah. And so, uh, but I think, I think a, a key to kind of overcoming that is um, sharing our story mm-hmm. of, you know, like this is, you know, I, yeah, I gave my life to Christ in 2001, but like there's been these constant moments of, of struggle and God's grace and uh, and, and just being uh, transparent in those stories, I think is yeah. so crucial as opposed to trying to prescribe a quick fix to something right. like, man, if you just say the sinner's prayer, then everything's yeah. going to be better. Yeah. Or just living in that high. Cause truly, there is those, there's those moments of spiritual highs mm-hmm. where like you have that crisis moment, you come yeah. to this, but I'll be honest in my life, actually everything usually gets harder after that yep. because the moment when I say, okay, God, it's all yours. Then I have to actually give up all the things that I yep. thought were mine. Like, and so I think that sometimes we, we talk about how good it feels and how that high and, oh, I just feel so close to God here. But then realizing that the aftermath of that, is it's actually much yeah. much harder you're it, yeah. it is not a natural thing to just give over your life to someone else yeah. and so that is going to definitely feel like those struggles you're going to encounter it in relationships you're going to encounter it just in your in your own self that that fighting inside of, of what i want versus what he wants and um so yeah i think sometimes we don't really talk about how like our, our whole life is kind of a struggle like we, we act like oh yeah just accept salvation and you're going to heaven, but life on earth is actually going to be really hard because it's, it's asking you to live completely opposite of, of our culture and of what our, our draw is. And there's going to be those moments where you don't actually live up to what you say. Like I didn't give it a let yourself down. And and, and that's where, you know, grace upon grace again, grace abounds. And yet in this imperfect place, God is perfecting us. He's perfecting us as we are. Wait, as we listen, yeah. as we go, right. you know, and, and, and all these are, you know, the finish, you know, we don't get to choose that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as we wait, we listen, we go, and we're ready in all those times yeah. for whatever God, God is perfecting us in an imperfect place, yeah. which is, you know, what you see that so often that, that God uses imperfect people uh, to, to accomplish his perfect will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God uses an imperfect place to perfect us. Yeah. Um, and so we don't get caught up in, in, in that. Mm-hmm even though we're aware of it, but we're aware that God is leading us through those moments right. to something mm-hmm. something better. He's growing us. Yeah. Um, and I hope 
that I'm a, I'm a, I had, and that we're, we're in our small group, we're doing an Andy Stanley series on faith. And, you know, he's talking about how God's trying to blow up our faith. I hope my faith is bigger now yeah. than it was five years ago. Right. Um, and, and, and I think that's that there's that litmus test that you can look at. Where's my faith? Mm-hmm. Um, what's these moments? What's COVID-19 done to me? And, you know, what's 2020 done to my faith? Is my faith bigger now? Mm-hmm. And I'll just be honest, just personally, yeah. I'll be honest and say that's a convicting thing because sure. I'm not sure it is. Yeah. Sure. I want it to be, I, right. and it'd be easy for, you know, it'd be probably easier for you to hear from your pastors. Hey, yeah, oh, right. it's much bigger every 20 But this has been a very, yeah, for and, sure. and so how do we take these moments to allow God to grow yeah. our faith? Yeah. Yeah, and there's just moments where you think, oh, yeah, it is. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know. But I think there's so many things. Is our faith bigger? Is our hope deeper? Is like, do we feel more firmly rooted in that? Is our passion for the people around us, is that growing exponentially? Because I think those are going to be the, the marks of, of God really working and transforming our lives. I guess my faith's deeper in this way. I don't have anywhere else to turn. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I, mean, I think sometimes sure. you get to those points where yeah. you go, yeah, well, yeah, this is where it. else would I go? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Else like the to. disciples, like, yeah. where right. would we go? Oh, I know. And Jesus is like, I'm sorry. Is this hard for you? Like, yeah. you're like, well, yeah, but I got, I got nothing else. I don't All know. Right. This is a, <laughs> like Elisha. I burned my I've got nothing else. So. <laughs> and I love you. I love that you mentioned on Sunday that Elisha went on to like, we have more recorded miracles of him even than Elijah. Elijah kind of sticks out as like, okay, he was the pinnacle of this. And so like when Elijah was investing in Elisha, he wasn't just teaching him how to be Elijah 2.0. Like he yeah. wasn't just teaching him how to go back and recreate all of these other moments. He was pushing him on to something bigger. I was reading this morning, it was talking about how oftentimes we kind of feel like we're stuck in this rut. We just keep digging deeper and deeper in this muddy, muddy rut. And they're like, God's calling us to adventure. Like he wants us out of the rut. So anytime we feel like we're back in there, it's probably choices that we've made. And that's not, God doesn't want us to just, even when recreating ourselves, he doesn't want us to raise up people that come after us to just keep walking the same path. Like you want more. We want more for us. We want more for our people. We want more for our community. And I think that that is really shown in, in Elisha and that he just took that and just God kept on pushing it, making it bigger. Yeah. It didn't get smaller because Elisha was gone. Yeah, that's good. Which is the model of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. He said, you will do greater things than, than, yeah. than me. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's mind blowing. Uh-uh. Um, but it's, yeah, but that's that's his desire for us. Right. But yeah. even when we get to uh, the, the scripture I use, used Sunday at the end of Hebrews 11, where it's talked about Abram and Moses and Noah. And and then at the end of it, the Hebrew writer says, but you've made them perfect. You've completed. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. You know, Moses? Yeah. Me? I don't think so. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but God is yeah. the people that come after us, the people yeah. who go before us. There's a completion in that uh-huh. story, a continuity for sure. in that story. Right. That idea of all the nations of the world being blessed through that family. Well, that happens as our churches worldwide right. and as we bless right. the people yeah, around us. Really good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Well, it's been a good conversation. Yeah. And, uh, sure. So uh, next week we'll start um, on Sing.
then each then podcast episode will feature us singing one solo. Yeah, one, yeah. Uh, don't miss it. So long you can't hear us speaking of viral. And then yes, this is our moment. We're gonna get sponsors. <laughs> yeah, we may, but not for the right reason. Worship, the worship will be sponsors. Oh, and uh, and then the next month we're we're gonna be talking about uh, John the Baptist. Can you believe it? Next month in November, Thanksgiving, <laughs> into Christmas, and uh, you know a lot of things will be happening in the church. Uh, looking at some small groups starting in February, and so excited about a lot of things. I hope you are as well. And so, Josh, why don't you pray us out? Yep. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day, for this conversation, um, as we talk about these things. But we're not just—we recognize that we're not just talking about these old stories um, that have no meaning or uh, impact on us today. But God, thank you that you're. Your word is alive and it's active <clears throat> and it leads us to uh, to transformation. So we thank you for those conversations. God, we pray that you would um, help us to um, take things from Elijah in, in, in our waiting, in our going, in our listening, um, our finishing, uh, remembering that we uh, are always to be ready for what you have next for us. Um, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, may we be ready to go and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Bless.